I also would like to welcome you all and to start by reading from Whispers from Eternity. Satisfy my soul hunger. O all-pervading spirit, the breeze of thy inspiration has removed every cloud from my heart. The firmament of my mind is now clear. Purified, I behold only thee everywhere. The sunshine of thy joy spreads rapidly to the farthest shores of my being. After long ages of hunger, I feed on thy light. By thy grace and by my constant wakefulness in thee, may this joy be mine forever, forever, and forever. So, We've had quite an interesting time here at the village. I'll just refer to that a little bit. I think Divine Mother has been playing with us because we've had snow and a blizzard and two or three feet of snow and people snowed in and no electricity at Ayodhya for over four, eight days now. We're, you know, people, yeah, it's a long time. Jotitian, Devi, a crystal hermitage, they're on generators and all of that. And then the sun comes out. And we went to town the other day and it's like, it's like a great illusion. You drive, we drove on Saturday, no, Friday, one half mile to Mother Trucker's, and right below that, there was no snow. And it's like, huh? I mean, are we living in just this kind of weird <laughs> situation here, you know, where we have trouble? I used sticks and, you know, high boots to get out of our house this morning. You know, it's like, wow, what's going on? But, you know, just like, and I was thinking, here we are March 5th. On March 11th, we have the three-year anniversary of the pandemic being announced. And it's like, I remember at the time, because this country, we hadn't had a pandemic for over 100 years. It was like, what? <laughs> what is a pandemic and what are we doing? But I thought the only response to have, especially for all of us who are more aware, all of you online watching, who are more aware of broader realities, is to adjust yourself to the current situation. <laughs> we have to adjust quickly to what is real and what's before us and not look at, oh, well, gosh, I wish there were, weren't two or three feet of snow outside my door. I tried to walk up our driveway the other day about five days ago, and I thought, nope, can't do it. The snow was so deep and, and piled up on that area, I had to go up by the stairs which is a little more difficult. Anyway, we're at a very interesting time right now. And really, I just wanted to talk about various things. The, the topic of uh, dogmatism versus common sense is really, really important, and especially in our time. I mean, have we ever got dogmatism happening big time? And, and uh, there's a wonderful chapter in The Promise of Immortality, written by Swami Kriyananda. It's on this week, chapter 10, and it's about how to find a true teacher. And I would highly recommend reading it. It's a long one, but I found it interesting all the way through, very important. And in there, Swami Kriyananda says, he says, 
Dogmatism increases when the ability to prove your point diminishes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, people yell louder because they don't have any proof behind what they're trying to get across, what they're trying to say. So there's that. And, and just thinking about the time that we're in also, I love the songs that were sung this morning, Truth Can Never Die, is like, wow. I think every so often when I hear Swami's songs, number, ten, you know, number one, number one, top 10, <laughs> you know, because they're so relevant and so clear about what's going on today in our, in our environment, really. And so just a time for all of us to be really aware of our energy and to try to smooth it out. You know, so Divine Mother's giving us snow right now. And then toward the end of the coming week, we may get flooding because there starts to be rain and all that snow starts to melt. So we're going on Friday to Palo Alto and we were just talking this morning. Well, let's try it. Let's start early because we may need to get through the valley, which may be flooding by that point. And you know, anyway, we'll see how it all goes. But, uh, but at any rate, just to say that we have an incredible path and incredible teachings and incredible support from our gurus, from Swami Kriyananda, who founded Ananda, from our communities, from everything that we have, our satsang with each other, to be able to really deal with what's happening in this time, which, which will get more extreme, I think. Master promised that a lot of things will come our way. And so just to be, be aware and be really using, engaging in what we have to deal with. I also wanted to relate, I don't know why this came to me, but um, there's a very interesting dream that I think probably I've told before, I can't remember, but it hit me this morning. And I thought I'd uh, share it with you again. Mike Wolverton, a center leader in Dallas, Texas, was visiting here at, uh, at the Expanding Light and at Ananda Village uh, on April 20th of 2013. Rings a bell, close to, anyway. So he was here and he left that day to go down and uh, um, visit his sister in Sacramento and they were gonna have dinner and all of that and they did all of that, they met and then he spent the night and then the next morning he was flying back to Dallas, Texas. But in the middle of that, he had a dream that night without knowing anything. He had a dream that night. And the dream was about him and Swami Kriyananda. And they, they had this long pole, pretty substantial pole. And Swami was at one end and Mike was at the other end. And he said, without saying anything, I, I understood that we were now going to run and I was gonna plant the pole, and Swami was going to pole vault. And, and he said, and so, and so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm ready, you know. And so he started running, and, and he planted the pole, and, and Swami started going up and up and up, and he thought, he'll never make it. And he went up and up, and then he said when he got to the top, I'm going over now. 
and then the dream ended. But that night, Mike Wolverton didn't know anything about Swami Kriyananda passing. <laughs> he was in, in a hotel room. And then the next day, later on in the afternoon, after he got back, I think, to Dallas, is when he heard that that's what had happened. And I just thought, you know, Master, Divine Mother, they have all these different ways of communicating with us and of engaging us in the spiritual path. And uh, I also was um, reading recently, um, just rereading Durga Mata's book about the Divine Trilogy. It's about her, her life and uh, Master and Rajasi Janakananda and how, what happened for her as a disciple coming, living with Master, and then Rajasi comes on the scene, and then she ends up taking care of him. And it was interesting to me to note that in all of this time, she just was a worker. Um, she had realization, for sure, anyone that close to Master, when she, when he, when she came, he looked at her and he said, Ma Durga, because that was a name that he had called her in previous incarnation in India. And so he, he named her immediately. He didn't know her at all, but there she was. And then um, as things evolved, she did a lot of hard labor work for him, <laughs> building a house car and a new bed and you know all these things. And when the time came and Master met Rajasi Janakananda in 1932 in Kansas City, Missouri. Was it? It wasn't St. Louis, yeah, Kansas City. Anyway, when he met him, then that was, it was 1932, was the uh, depression in this country. Uh, the work was barely surviving. Master had managed to, in just a few years of being in America, buy Mount Washington and move his work there and all of that. But, but things were very tough, and uh, financially, but uh, just in all ways, it was a very difficult time. Rajasi came on the scene, and then soon after that, being a very successful businessman, multimillionaire in, uh, in Kansas City, uh, he started donating and helping things happen. The magazine got printed again and all of that. But things really sped up at that point because Master, he didn't have a whole lot of time, you know, in his whole time, lifetime, and being here in America. And so he had already gone through like 15 years by the time that he went back to India. And Rajasi, um, not only did finance that trip, but that trip I hadn't remembered. And Durgamata's book is interesting. It's not well written, and it's kind of like, who's doing what to who at certain points? And you know, not, so not an easy flow that way, but there is a lot of information in that book. Anyway, but, uh, but then I hadn't um, just fully realized how important that trip was to master because that was how he was going to write the autobiography of a yogi. Because at that point, <clears throat> he makes a comment. He said, I've got to see my guru. I don't even know what his birthday is. 
Yeah, and, he's, and he'll never write it down, you know. And so he was going back to India to gather all of the information for the autobiography of a yogi, which he knew, he said, that book, and he didn't call it that at that time, but he said, writing this will be the foundation of the work in America. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that that, so he was gathering from all over. He had started writing already, even in the early 30s, that book. But then when he went to India, it really sped up. So Rajasi financed that, which was around the world trip. And then, um, or back to India and, and back again. And then they also built Encinitas, bought the property, built the entire thing while Master was away in India, <laughs> which was multi-million dollar project. But again, with a purpose, he wanted Rajasi, his chief disciple, to have a place to come for, rather than going to Florida, you know, where that's where wealthy people went in the 30s and 40s and whatever, he wanted him to come to California. So he had this beautiful property bought on the cliff there and built and all of that and, and managed to make it pretty much of a surprise to Master. Master had looked at that property for a number of years, actually, that specific property, and kept saying to Durga, now, be sure to mention to, to St. Lynn that I want him to buy that property. Have him go and look at it and make sure that he knows about it. And she said, mm, yeah, maybe. You know, she was, just had to be very evasive with him. So anyway, but that happened. And so financially, Rajasi was giving a tremendous amount and really got the work uh, established financially. And the thing that for me, being involved with estate planning to Ananda is that that word endow, endowment, endow appears regularly in her writings about Rajasi because she was taking care of him. And uh, when he would come to visit, she did everything for him as a fellow disciple, not as a servant. And she was well-placed in, in doing that. But at any rate, um, so, that, that ability for the work to be endowed uh, was vital because Master was, he was moving like Swami Kriyananda moved in, in building Ananda, except probably faster. Just spread all over and building things and getting things established and having centers all over the United States. But, but he really, he, he was spending a lot as he did all of that too. So, but he had to go back and he knew always there had to be an endowment and then money to spend, an endowment and money to spend. So, you know, we're right on track for all of that, by the way. <laughs> we're building the endowment, money to spend is our fundraising efforts. But, uh, but at any rate, then uh, moving forward, Rajasi did endow Encinitas. He gave a million dollars in uh, stocks and uh, life insurance over a million. And I think probably the total amounts were like, I don't know, three or four or five million dollars that he ended up giving to SRF over a number of years, which allowed them to really be established. But in that time, so we come forward to uh, Rajasi doing all of that. And then Master 
leaves his body. And, uh, and it was such a, just reading, I just read it straight through because she really, uh, Durga really talks about all of that. And uh, when Master left, he had been saying, yes, and I'm talking about this because in two days we have the anniversary of Master's Mahasamadhi. And so when he left, although he had been talking about it, it was a shock to everyone. I mean, Master was the work. <laughs> it was him. And I mean, he was an avatar. So the um, amount of energy and the, the ability to work with people and his spiritual power and all of that, gone. And it's interesting because when we're talking about dogmatism and common sense, I was thinking, you know, in that room, Swami Kriyananda was there when Master left his body at the Biltmore. In that room, probably he and only a few other people understood what had just happened. Dick Hames, who he was sitting next to, a well-known singer, said, oh, Master fainted. <laughs> And Swami said, no, no, Master would not faint in the middle, you know, I mean, he was in the middle of an event. And uh, anyway, but he had a heart attack. And he had, he had warned them, he said, oh yes, a heart attack is the easiest way to go. That's how I choose to go. Poof, instant. And so there it was. And interestingly, Rajasi and Durgamata were not there. They were in Encinitas. And they were going to come after the big event with the Consul General and Master having to give a lot of energy to those people that were there, and they would come after. Because Durga had said, we should, we should go and, and see Master now. And Rajasi said, no, let's wait. And so anyway, they missed. I mean, Master was always in telephone contact, and he was in contact with all the close disciples and people that he needed to be uh, in contact with. At any rate, then, then that happened, and they were all in shock, including Rajasi. And, uh, and then soon after that, and they weren't sure right away if he had really left his body completely. <laughs> because Samadhi, breathless, can look like that as well. And so they were doing the om in the ear, and there was a special mantra that Master had given to them, Durga and a few others who were close to him, and, uh, and they, they finally said, no, it, it's, it's final, he's gone. And that was just such a, a complete blow to them. But that was, and again, keeping in mind what happens in life and in the spiritual life, is that really, right at that same time, Rajasi had brain cancer. Yeah, and it was starting to show, and Durga was starting to notice that, wow, you know, there's something wrong here. He, you know, there was effects starting to happen. And, uh, um, but, you know, you think, well, wait a minute, Divine Mother. I mean, Master's done this work for you, and now his chief disciple, who also be, just became president, has sick, <laughs> really sick. And, uh, but that's, that's just what it looked like. That was the karma of Master, and the karma right before that, a few months before Master, Gyanamata left her body, very, very close to Master. 
few months after Rajasi is diagnosed with brain tumor and has an immediate operation, just immediate. You know, it's like, whoa, he's going to leave his body if we don't do this. And the reason I'm saying all of this is that just to keep in mind how things can unfold, and they may seem like this isn't right, but it was. It was the, it was the karma of that time and of the people involved. And yet Rajasi, right in that time, because he was always kind of, he was slow in making decisions, but when he did, then he moved the energy. Well, he hadn't yet given the rest of the money to SRF. You know, he hadn't yet completed, and it's not just giving the money, that was not a good way to put it. He hadn't completed his dharma with supporting Master's work in this time. And so, over the next, he was diagnosed in 1952, he passed in early 1955, and during that time he had three operations. But again, you know, it just looks like, oh, this poor man, he's now he's got brain cancer and we're doing these operations one after the other. But he was having incredible visions of Master. So just to say what it looks like on the other side, one of his visions was around probably 1953 and Master's birthday when he had a vision of Master in the astral world probably more than astral, but at any rate, that's how he described it. And, uh, and Master was just full of energy and joy, and Babaji was there on a throne, and the whole hall was like a palace. He said, like the palace that, that Babaji created for Lahiri, it looked like that. He said it was beautiful with people, and he was there, Rajasi was there, and Master walked by and he was in these beautiful robes and just full of joy and greeting everybody. And the only sad part was he said, but Master didn't come and greet me. You know, it was interesting, he just mentions that. But at any rate, that's what it looked like on the other side of things, you know. Master drops dead, but not really, actually. he's on the other side, very busy, and, uh, and Rajasi had many visions of Master, of Babaji, of Sri Yukteswar, of the, all the gurus, and, uh, and just that showing their love for, for him and for the disciples, and just showing Master just continued to be as busy as he was in this world, in the other serving and helping people and going, you know, one day Durgamata said, uh, where, where is Master right now? And he said, oh, he's in India doing something. <laughs> you know, I don't know what. <laughs> he's in India doing something. So he was just all over working the same, the same. So again, I think also for all of us that, that heightened, expanded awareness of what's really happening spiritually you know, you may not have visions, but you know more is going on. And do keep that in mind. It's really important uh, to have that expanded awareness and to remember that it's not just, oh, the material plane, here we are sitting here in chairs and, you know, this is it. It's not it at all. And the path that we're on is trying to help us prove to ourselves that truth that awareness, that expansion. And I, I just thought, 
you know, we have avatars as our gurus supporting us. We have the teachings that work specifically for liberation in this lifetime. We have the, the support of our guru bhais. We have communities. We have virtual communities for those that can't be in a physical community. We have everything we need to really make that a reality. And, and I thought, you know, Jyotish mentioned, you know, when Master comes to us or when we approach Master, he will, he's our guru. Swami Kriyananda is a teacher. Master Swami Yoga, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda is the guru, the Satguru, the true guru. And he will ask us two things. Will you give me your unconditional love? And will you give me your unconditional obedience? Swami Kriyananda never asked us to do that because he said, I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that. I think he is now, but he's at the time when he was in his body, he didn't ask that. And I thought, those are, wow, unconditional love, unconditional obedience. And I thought, but you know, our path is about where are you at now and moving forward. It's directional. All the teachings, all the techniques, everything, they're all directional. And so we need to look at those very big things that Master will ask us and we have to say yes to. And how do we do that? Well, directionally. Yeah. Love? Okay. That's, to me, that's an easier one. Unconditional love, you just, of the heart, you know, that seems to flow. Maybe not for everyone, for sure, but, but still. But I thought unconditional obedience. I think my interpretation of that is I want you to practice the teachings <laughs> every single day. I want you to be in tune with me. Just keep moving directionally even-minded and cheerful in all situations. Whoa, okay. <laughs> There's that one, directionally. And um, uh, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. Never gave up. Just keep moving. And stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. Now there's a real good one to aim for. You know, because again, how do you do that? Well, you have to be very balanced inwardly. What does Kriya Yoga do for you? It takes you into your spine where that's possible. And you just keep making it better and better and better. So I think both of those we can say to Master and then say, guide me. You know, help me to keep moving in that direction to where that's complete to where that's complete. Unconditional love, unconditional obedience. Now we can say it directionally, but we will come to the place where we can say, yes, that's it. Swami Kriyananda, when he came to Master, Master asked him that. And he said, with having unconditional obedience answered, you know, in my question, I won't ask you to do anything that God doesn't ask you to do, doesn't ask me to ask you to do. And so we will come to that. And, it, and it's a great 
tremendous adventure all along the way because we get to try it all out. You know, that thing that I mentioned before about turning on a dime, you know, it's like, just keep that one in mind. It's a good one to have in mind. It's an ego reducer. <laughs> you know, we have to reduce the ego as we go. You know, we're not going to annihilate it. You can't kill the ego. It just reduce its influence. And things like that will help to do that. But really, I mean, here, you all sitting here, you managed to make it here in the snow today. Thank you very much. <laughs> but keep in mind that the path that we're on, it will produce those results. And it's a great adventure, especially if we even it out and know that the masters are with us, actively with us. One saint in India said about Swami Kriyananda, he said, just know he's very much with you right now. You know, this was a few years ago, but, but to the, those realities are there. We have to, as Master said, and I love that it's so common sense, well, all we have to do is improve our knowing. So let us engage in these things and really take them to heart and really just not shy away from, whoa, I don't know about the, no, it's all directional. You know, hardly anybody's there yet, but they will, we will be and it will happen. The only reason it won't is if we step aside and stop. But otherwise, we just keep, even if it's inch by inch, we just keep moving forward and that will, that will get us there. And along the way, great happiness, great joy, because we realize little by little, we are becoming free inwardly.
Go on. 